Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. with your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now, your host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whitey, on News Talk 1590 KVTA. Very sexy. Hey, good morning, Ventura. Another rousing episode of Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I have a great interview. I'm on a string of new shows here that I'm I'm really looking forward to putting together. Hey, this is Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I am your host, Bruce Whitey. We are here every Sunday morning. Tell your friends. This is not your typical blah, blah, blah infomercial. It is an infomercial, isn't it? But it's so much more info than mercial. Okay. It's not about how great I am. It's about what's going on in the economic world and how important you are and how important your concerns are. Um, I'm really looking forward to this show today. It is called, I've entitled the show today, Are the Markets Topping? Mixed news from the Wall Street Journal. And I have a couple articles that are just so bizarre because they showed up a day apart from each other and they seem like polar opposites. So there's so much back and forth right now about where things are in the economy, where things are. There's two stories going around. One is one is rosy and the other one's ill. And we're going to try to sort this out today. I have a great guest on the show today, which was pre-recorded, Mr. Harry S. Dent. If you don't know Harry Dent, he is a uh, New York Times best-selling author uh, on all the talking head shows on the finance channels. He's going to talk a little bit about where he's been. He's been touring Australia, been touring the world. He's got, sells books all over the world about the economy and finances and um, great stuff. Listen, uh, let's talk about my stuff for just a minute. I don't want to be overly important, but I think if you like the content of the show today, again, uh, this is called Are the Markets Topping? Mixed News from Wall Street. You can get more of what we do at straighttalkwealth.com. Now, that's our strategies and our philosophy, and it's a, it's a good content-driven site all about financial planning and retirement planning. It's called Straight Talk Wealth. Com. But we put out a lot of great shows. We've had shows on, is China going to destroy the bubble? Are we addicted to stimulus? Oh, gosh. Um, why financial advisors don't like to work with each other? Uh, what are the dirty secrets and confessions of the financial service industry? Uh, lots of topics about the economy and about the industry overall. And you can see all those shows and actually um, get those shows for your own out of our archives at straighttalkwealthradio.com. So one site is straighttalkwealth.com. That's sort of a good educational site about financial planning. But Straight Talk Wealth Radio is where you can see all the different topics we've covered and get yourself copies of our back shows. Uh, I have some great future shows I'm lining up. I want to share it with you a little bit. Um, really good stuff coming up. For, for those, uh, first of all, that have not yet received their Social Security retirement income or have at least received it for less than a year. 
So we have a big baby boom generation that is about to move into taking their social security payments. Did you know there's many different ways of taking these payments, which could generate the difference of hundreds of thousands of dollars more or less that you might collect from social security over your lifetime? Uh, It's not just a matter of whether you should take it sooner or you should take it later. There's a lot of ways to play it between spousal benefits, um, who's getting spousal benefits first. For example, do you know you can collect as a spouse? Let's say the wife is ready to get her social security payment, but the husband wants to delay his for a bigger payment. He can take a spousal payment for a period of time until he takes his bigger payment. And it doesn't cut back on his larger payment when he finally waits till 70. So a lot of people we've seen waiting till 70 and they don't realize they could have been taking 50% of what the spouse has already begun. So we do reports and stuff on that. It's a regular part of our practice. I'm going to be producing a show in the next coming weeks called A Complete Guide to Maximizing Your Social Security Payments. That's an upcoming show I'm very much looking forward to presenting to you. I also confirmed this week that I'm going to be doing an interview with filmmaker and author of the financial blog, The Gory Details. That's the name of his blog. His name's James R. Gory, so I guess he has a right to say that. Fantastic book he has published called The China Crisis, How China's Economic Collapse Will Lead to a Global Depression. A very authoritative book. This guy is looking at China inside and out and the the, the mafia economy of that country and the, quote, economic miracle that is going to invert and collapse on itself in the coming decade and how it's going to affect the globe. And it's huge. It's a huge story. We talked a lot about it on this show. We did a show on a talk about Straight Talk Wealth Radio where you can find these uh, to Japan, China and the Asian demographic cliff. Uh, We've talked about, you know, how China is not going to destroy the dollar. It's going to fall on its own sword. So his book is very authoritative on it. Uh, And um, I have an interview scheduled with him. We're going to do a whole show dedicated to that. Um, I have two major wealth protection, protection and preservation attorneys in the Southern California area that we're going to be doing a show on. They have written a couple books called The Best Zero Tax Planning Tools. If you're in business or you're a real estate investor or you feel your taxes are too great, um, you need to take a look at short-term and long-term planning. And we're going to go through the content of this book, Best Zero Tax Planning Tools, and another book called The Ladder of Success. And asset protection planning primer. So those attorneys, uh, we are negotiating right now to get them on the show. A lot of good stuff coming up on the show. Now, what are we talking about today? I want to talk about the big drop in the market that happened in July. And I want to cover these Wall Street Journal articles that are, are giving contrasting signals. Now, first, I just want to give you the backdrop of this drop in July, where in a day... The market, the Dow lost all of its gains for the year. That's a substantial drop. Now, they've come back and, you know, wasn't the end of the world. But there was something alarming that I looked at underneath the headlines in in that particular drop, which is I look at the big picture. I I don't really get into a tizzy about, you know, uh, one company's profits are up or down and or or what the, you know, particular unemployment uh, report is for the month and what it foretells. You know, there's big pictures that I think are really the the upside-down, irrational economic uh, insanities of, of what the markets are driving on right now that concern me the most. And two of them were, 
were prevalent in the drop we had in July, and I think they're foretelling. The first one was on that day before, or that day actually, the day of, Janet Yellen came out and said, you know what? This economy's looking better. It's looking good. And the markets crashed. So what is that disconnect between a better, improving economy and the markets don't like that? Well, we've been we've been submitting for your approval for a number of years that the market is addicted to stimulus. And when the market finds out things are better, it drops because the Fed's not thinking of printing any more money. The Fed's thinking about letting interest rates float back up to where they were before. So it presents a really interesting checkmate because if the Fed says, you know what, this quantitative easing stuff isn't working, I'm going to have to just keep printing and printing. I'm just going to have to keep interest rates down forever. What does that do to confidence in the market eventually? And that would be a slow drain. But it would be a slow drop in confidence in the markets because nothing's turning the economy around. Uh, we definitely think that is a scenario that occur could occur. The other one is, okay, we're going to get off the drugs. Now we're going to take you off the drugs and uh, let the patient live on his own. And the withdrawal from the drugs becomes the painful aspect of what's driving the markets down. So there's a checkmate there. And I think that's a really big picture that's on everybody's mind, which is how do you come off these drugs? How addicted have we become? And if we realize that nothing's going to improve if we don't stay on the drugs, there's got to be a day of reckoning there. And if we come off these drugs and find out that we still have gravity in the economy, then the markets are going to readjust to the real gravity in the economy. So that was the first thing that hit that one day and that one drop. Now, this is all the backdrop of what we're going to be talking about on the show today. That's why I'm covering it right now. The other, uh, the other aspect of that drop was that Argentina was looking at a default. So that is also considered by many sort of the... Um, tip of the iceberg in terms of sovereign governments from 2008. And, and you have to understand what happened in 2008 is private debt is far more massive than the government debt. Private debt in the United States, you're going to hear Harry Dent talk about this, is at $40 trillion of debt that people owe in the private sector in the United States. That's in the United States. And it grew about $20 trillion in the first part of the 2000s. So that bad debt, that twenty trillion of of increased debt off of bogus real estate values and bogus collateral, that's what's trying to collapse. That is the gravity in the economy. And one way to deal with that is to actually let banks take the hit and deleverage. It's very painful for a while, but what happens is you come out the other side with less debt and the economy grows better. The other way of handling it is printing so much money, hold the debt in place, prop up the banks on the backside and never let the debt go, which is what we've done. So when governments have to absorb private sector debt, governments get in trouble too. And somewhere between those two, they start to crack. So what you saw on this last drop is concerning to me because you're starting to see some of the bigger pictures actually float to the surface. You're starting to see the Fed's checkmate starting to rattle the markets. And you're starting to see sovereign governments who have tried to absorb and readjust debt are, are not managing. They've absorbed too much from the private sector. 
instead of letting it go. We're going to talk about all of that today with Harry Dent, but um, let me just kind of talk a little bit too about uh, you know some solutions for this. Um, Harry, by the way, Harry's going to talk about. Here's what we're going to talk about with Harry. We're going to, we're going to talk about. The Wall Street Journal article, The Consumer's Coming Back, which the next day was followed by Anxiety in the Economy. We're going to talk about, Harry, have a very interesting conversation about cycles. Um, why does there have to be an inhale and exhale to economies? And, and can those inhale and exhales, the rhythm of that, tell us when the next turn is going to happen? We're going to talk about the influence of a medicated or stimulated economy and how long can that go on. We're going to talk about the problem with debt and bad debt and how it becomes its own cycle that must be purged and why governments don't want to let it be purged and clean it up, which is known as deleveraging. And we're going to talk about what a purge of bad debt looks like. Uh, the other thing we're going to talk about, and this is kind of the crux of what we really focus on in Straight Talk Wealth Radio, is what I'm calling the great correlation. Now, this is about what we do, because the great correlation is essentially the assumption that so much in the markets t today is driven by $2 trillion of quantitative easing or $3 trillion of money printing, depending on how you add it all up, which has only resulted in 2% growth in our economy. Just think, what, are, what is this gravity? What, what would our economy be doing if we didn't print the $3 trillion for 2% growth? So um, when this rattles, you're going to see certain asset classes that are all tied to this, that have been doing better in the rising ships rising with quantitative easing. But as this begins to break or fail or readjust to reality, you're going to see a great correlation. And that correlation is stocks, which have benefited from this. It is real estate, which has benefited from it. And it is, believe it or not, actually gold, which has benefited from it because the, as the more money printing that happens, the more it drives gold up on the fear of inflation. So if this fix collapses, these three assets are gonna fall together and you're gonna see a failure of what you might think is diversification. In the next downfall, diversification, if it's those three asset classes, will fail. And the answer is that the greatest liability, first of all, you have to understand the greatest liability in today's market has been quantitative easing. It's bubbled up all these asset classes. So what we specialize in is non-correlation. And we're going to talk a little bit at the end of the show today. I'm going to try to get some time on this. If not, I'll dedicate a whole show to it. But there's choices about what about that, about how to uncorrelate from these markets. And it can be very different things for different needs, for different circumstances, for different people. It's not a one size fits all. But that's what we focus on is, is the part of your portfolio that you don't want to leave correlated to the whim of the Federal Reserve and, and what's happened in this economy. Uh, we've discussed Warren Buffett's best kept secret on this show, which is a completely non-correlated asset class. We've discussed, like many others on the radio, fixed index concepts that let you enjoy the benefit of up markets growing, but protect you from markets falling. And um, 
you know, we're very much in alignment and agreement with uh, Ron Grant on a lot of this, if you listen, Ron. However, I, I sort of disagree with some of his personal approaches and style, and I'll try to get into that a little bit. Ron's a great guy. He does great work, and I'm so glad he's in this town. I have a little bit different approach on some of this, but we're working in similar areas. So the point is, we're looking at ways to stay safe, but get growth. That's the thing. Stay safe and get growth. And I don't mean caps of four or five percent on your growth you know to promise you the upside of the market and no downside is is a hollow promise if your upside of the market is four or five percent so that's part of what i'm talking but by the end of the show if i get time i'm going to illustrate and dissect two very obvious choices for non-correlation in your portfolio if i can't get to it because frankly i'm just winging it today uh, I have a bit of an outline and some clips, and we'll see how it goes. We'll cover it in detail in future shows. I've got a whole new dedic- rededication we are doing here to uh, do a slew of new shows that we've got lined up. Hey, we always do a giveaway. I'm going to get into the content in a minute with Harry Dent and the Wall Street Journal articles, but I do want to tell you what we're giving away today. Uh, if you have not previously received this, so we keep a database, we know what we've given away to people. Harry's going to be talking extensively today from his best-selling New York Times book, The Demographic Cliff, How to Survive the Great Deflation of 2014 to 2019. This book, I called Barnes Noble one weekend when I was trying to read it the first weekend, and I didn't have it in from Harry, and they told me they had it for $27.90. I'm going to give the hardcover of it away for free today if you call 888-882-5578. 888 888- Now write the number down. I'll give it out numerous times during the show. But uh, once you hear Harry talking today, you're going to want to follow up with his book, The Demographic Cliff. This is about demography. Uh, This is about the age of populations and the spending habits of populations. And around most of the Western world, that just organically is going to be tailing off until the middle of the next decade. And that's going to be a major downward pressure on economies. He lays it out very graphically in this book. So it's a 2790 book. I'll give it to you for free when you call 888-882-5578. Hey, but that's not all. Okay. We also have my report. I've had a lot of great comments on this report. It is an illustrated manual called Inflation or Deflation? Question mark. America's Monetary System in Crisis and How to Plan for It. That's a $10 value. I'm going to give that away for free, too. And if you finish and eat everything on your plate, if you get through those books and you gobble them up, You're going to get a coupon for another free book that is a $10 value that I really like. It's called Stress-Free Retirement by Patrick Kelly. We'll give you a a certificate on that, which you can redeem by sending that back to us later. I just want to let you get through the first two books, and then we'll certainly supply you with the last one. But the instructions are on it. You'll get a a coupon that you can redeem for that. It's called Stress-Free Retirement. So that is $27.90 and $20. That's about... $47.90, close to $50 worth of materials. I'm going to give you for no charge and no obligation when you call 888-882-5578. That's 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT is also what that spells. 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT. Okay, listen, let's get into some content here. Um, So, article in the Wall Street Journal here in early August. Big U.S. companies get lift as consumers come back. So this is good news. 
I'll read you a little bit. It says, many big American companies are starting to see a turn they have long hoped for. Customers want to buy more of what they're selling. For much of the past two years, lackluster sales forced companies to boost earnings by cutting costs, squeezing suppliers, and buying back stock. But second quarter results for companies in the S&P 500 index show signs of a return to basic revenue growth. Overall revenue at the 500 largest U.S. companies by stock market value is on track to climb about 4.3% from last year's second quarter. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It goes a little bit more. That would be the biggest percentage gain since 2012's first quarter, according to Thomson Reuters. Profits are expected to increase 7.7% in the second quarter, the fastest growth since the fourth quarter of 2013. Next year is likely to be, quote, another very, very good year simply because we've got a lot more business coming in the funnel to manage. Okay, so that's interesting. That's wonderful news. That's great news. That means things are looking pretty. So the next day, the next day this comes out in the Wall Street Journal. Poll finds widespread economic anxiety. Respondents fear their children's generation will have fewer opportunities and they blame Washington politicians. And the long and the short in this article is people are scared. Now, what? The consumer's coming back, consumer confidence, but everybody's scared about the economy. And 71%, I'm sure I get this right, 76% don't feel confident that their children's generation will be better than it has been. 64% are dissatisfied on the state of the economy. And 79% are very dissatisfied with the political system. Economic problems face in the U.S., these are mostly problems with the inability of elected officials in Washington to get things done to improve our economy. 71% agree. So there's this mixed emotion. And I think you guys know this. I think you feel it. You know, uh, business might be picking up, might be looking better, but there's still some kind of cloud in the air. So I had a talk with Harry S. Dent. Uh, he is a friend of mine and a good mentor about the economy. And now before I... Uh, get in the conversation. I first want to just give you a little background on Harry and let him talk about what he's been doing and and uh, the breadth of, of his reach in the world. And then we'll, we'll continue on with a little talk about these two articles. You're listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I'm your host, Bruce Whitey. We are here every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on 1590 News Talk KVTA. And the show today is Are the Markets Topping? Mixed News from the Wall Street Journal. All right, so let's uh, let's get in on my conversation with Harry S. Dent. Hey, so Harry, so how you doing and what have you been up to lately? I know you've been uh, off to Australia. You spent some time there and we, we have a summit coming up. Tell me a little bit what you've been doing. Yeah, I, I spoke at a travel group, 13,000 people in Las Vegas. That's the biggest audience I've ever spoken to. Just before that, I've been in Australia doing uh, a follow-up trip to do a mastermind for some very high net worth entrepreneurs and and that came off of a a three-week tour there where i did uh, some public speeches and 
promoted the book coming out there. So Australia has been a big focus for this year, and they're they're very responsive over there. Why Australia? What, I mean, why is it so critical to be out preaching to Australia? Well, you know, we had a book coming out. My book does the best there of anywhere in the world. I mean, we do well in South Korea, Australia, and U.S. and Canada mostly, but. You know, we sell in other countries, but Australia, actually, I sell four to five times as many books per capita in Australia than I do here now. There's only 23 million people there. They're just very interested in in experts from the U.S. there, and I've been selling books there uh, since the great boom ahead in 1993. I've always sold well there with little promotions. These people, every couple years, want me to come over for public seminars. I say, well, let's time it so I can do promotion for my book, because it's a long way to go. Yeah, I get the picture. So that's good. There may be a little more literacy rate over there. Who knows? For the population. Well, I just think there's less. You know, they have the same kind of TV stations and things like that and big big newspapers. And there's just less experts. Here, there's just zillions of experts on everything. I I come over there. I'm from the U.S. And I've got a different view on on economics based on demographics, and it just stands out more. I get more attention, more media, more interest. You know, it's funny. You've got the uh, Irrational Economic Summit coming up in Miami in October, and you've booked some pretty interesting speakers. I know you don't always try to get everybody that agrees with you, but David Stockman, that's the former budget director under Ronald Reagan of the United States government. And tell me a little bit what he's uh, ringing a bell about right now. What, I mean, what's his, his message that well, well, brings you know, him to he, the summit? saying a lot of what, what I'm saying, that basically by taking over the economy, running it on stimulus, trying to run it like a machine, uh, not letting the free market system rebalance itself with all the excessive debt and, and financial asset bubbles and stuff, that they're killing the golden goose. You know, he, his book is called The Great Deformation, The Corruption of Capitalism in America. And I, I, I run into him on Fox Business and places like that, doing interviews. And then when he had his book come out last year, 768 pages, I read it all. It was really good. So I said, oh, we got to get him to speak at our conference. And he's hard to get because he's an expensive speaker, but he agreed to do something much more affordable for us because I told him, I'm going to promote the hell out of your book. So let's talk about, you come from an economist and a, a former, I guess, uh, marketing consultant background in your days at Bain and studying demographics. Where's he coming from when he's telling a similar story, but where where does he originate from that's kind of his uh, his point of expertise? Well, that's what I, you know, he's more in, you know, uh, government budget and finance. I mean, he was the budget director under Reagan, but he's also, unlike a lot of people in government, he's also spent a lot of time in, in investment management and investment banking at high levels in the private sector. So, so he's been both. So he's more a realist, and he understands the, the free market capitalist system, and most economists don't, frankly, and, and most government officials don't understand the kind of dynamics of opposites that this system runs on. So, I mean, from my point of view, economist's goal is never have a recession. I'm like, that's like saying never have a cold and, and eliminate any waste from your system. I mean, it's crazy. They don't understand how the system works. You need booms and busts. You need inflation and deflation. You know, you need things to fail. You need new things to innovate. And governments just want to turn this thing into a machine and then kill the golden goose. So he just comes at it from... You know, a little different experience set, and, and of course, uh, an incredible one. I mean, he, he's been involved at the highest level of government and the highest level of private equity. And then you have uh, an expert on China that I think is going to tell a story that we don't hear much about China. 
Yeah, Gordon Chang. And again, I, I ran into him speaking at a major conference a couple of years ago. I've been banging on the China's the greatest bubble in history, and their government's killing the golden goose even more than we are. I mean, they just totally run their economy and overbuild stuff and totally. I mean, they, they don't have a free market system over there when you really look at it. And then Gordon Chang's up there speaking, saying, hey, this system's getting ready to collapse. And I'm like, well, you're singing my song. So we made sure to get him here as well. Excellent. Hey, sorry about the, some of the technical stuff on this. Boy, you, these days, trying to get phone lines to match up with radio studios when there's analog and voice over IP, we, we, I do my best with these sound files. Hey, listen, um, so let's get... so. Let's get into this discussion of the two articles. I wanted you to hear a little bit Harry was up to, the breadth of what he's doing, the the audience that uh, listens to him. So I asked Harry about these articles. By the way, you're listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I'm your host, Bruce Whitey. We are here every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. And don't you ever forget it. And um, in the words of Mr. Hendricks. Uh, but anyway, so um, we try to cover where the economy matches up with you trying to retire and what's going on in the world and what you should be doing about it to take advantage of it and to protect yourself and prepare and protect and prosper. All right. So I asked Harry a little bit about uh, these articles, this article about the consumer coming back in the Wall Street Journal, that happy days are back and it looks like consumers are coming back to the marketplace and uh, asked him how that ties in with demographics because I think it kind of conflicts with some of the... Uh, reports that he's been giving us. So let's listen up on that. By the way, uh, there is a giveaway today. The number is 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. I do want to let you know we have $50 of materials that we are giving away. So don't wait to do this. Just call now. We're giving away Harry Dent's book that is worth $27.90 at Barnes & Noble. It's called The Demographic Cliff. Um, how to survive and prosper in the coming deflationary great deflation of 2014 to 2090. You're going to get my report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis and How to Plan for It. And you will get a coupon for a free book uh, by Mr. Patrick Kelly called Stress-Free Retirement. $50 worth of goods for no charge and no obligation. But you got to call. And if you like this stuff, that's part of why we get people to call us so we know who's listening and how popular the titles are. People don't call, we move on. People call, then we redo more type of that type of material. So if you like this material, do call. The number is 888-882-5578. Get your $50 of materials. 888-882-5578. All right, let's talk to Harry some more. I want to ask you about a story in the Wall Street Journal that is a early August story. And it, it runs a little contrary to what I've seen of your materials, because you're basically talking about demographics and that we're in a long-term departure of the consumer from the marketplace if you look at the, the largest body of consumers, which is the baby boom. The story in the Wall Street Journal is that, paraphrase a little bit here, but many big American companies are starting to see a turn they've long hoped for. Customers want to buy more of what they're selling. For much of the past two years, lackluster sales forced companies to boost earnings by cutting costs and squeezing suppliers. But second quarter results for companies in the S&P 500 index show signs of a return to basic revenue growth. Overall revenue at 500 largest U.S. companies is on track to climb 4.3% from last year's second quarter. We're talking about the largest percentage gain since 2012. First quarter profits are expected to increase 7.7% in the second quarter. Fastest growth since the fourth quarter of 2013. Anyway, accelerating growth, accelerating profit growth. And they're saying the consumer is coming back. So 
uh, how does this pair against your basic uh, message that the consumer is going away? What's happening? Well, if you look at the details of the demographic of the life cycle of spending, there's kind of two sectors of our economy. One is the basic everyday consumer, the Walmart shopper and the everyday shopper. And, and you know, those people make anywhere from 20000 let's say, $60,000, $70,000 a year. That's, that's, that's the 80%. Those people peak at age 46. Those people peaked back in 2007 with the peak baby boomers, and they've been slowing down ever since. But, but there's a second sector. It is particularly important in the United States because uh, our income inequality is much higher than it is in Europe. Twenty percent of consumers control over 50 percent of spending, and the top one percent control 20, and they control 50 percent of the wealth. So these people don't peak at age 46 like Homer Simpson. They go to school longer, and then their kids go to school longer, so their family life cycle peaks in the early 50s, which is right about now. So when you see these polls, where, you know, 70 to 80 percent of people say, hey, we're not doing that well. And then we never really recovered. Well, that's those everyday people. Uh, but but that top 20 percent and 1 percent and 10 percent, they have benefited the most from the Fed goosing up the stock markets with this quantitative easing. And they peak later. So they're just coming into their peak. But but our research shows that age 53 is the latest that that sort of spending holds out with the, with the more fluent, and, and that peaks this year. By next year, we're saying the wealthy segments of society are going to slow down like Homer Simpson did after 2007, and auto sales, which peak at age 53, especially luxury auto sales and stuff like that, are going to fall off just like housing did several years ago. So yeah, consumers dropped off partly because we had a, a, a big downturn, the biggest since 1930s, and it takes a while for consumers to get confidence again. But people don't understand that this wealthy segment never really pulled back that much, and they're doing better than ever, and they're the ones that are going to fall off next time. And then the Fed's not going to have anybody to stimulate with. Interesting. Hey, you're listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I'm your host, Bruce Whitey. We have a lot more to talk to Harry about. I discussed with him. We're going to talk in a minute about cycles. What are cycles? How do analysts use cycles when they're looking at market uh, behavior? Uh, What governments do right? What governments do wrong to offset cycles? We're going to talk about this article about anxiety in the economy, problem with bank debt, and we're going to definitely talk a bit about the China problem. And if we can get to it, we're going to talk about how the market's being inflated by buybacks right now. Uh, but right now, I do want to remind you that if you like this, this material and you want to go deeper into this, uh, we've got a bunch of free goodies for you. You need to call 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. I'm going to give you Harry's book, The Demographic Cliff. I should have it in front of me, but I figured I had the title memorized by now. It's How to Survive the Great Deflation of 2014 to 2019. You can have my uh, report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis and How to Plan for It. And you're going to get a coupon. I just want you to get through the first two books first, and and then you'll have to write a full book report for us. No, you won't. (laughs) You're going to get the book. You're going to get a coupon for the free book, uh, Stress-Free Retirement by Patrick Kelly. And you need to get all of that by calling 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578. That also spells 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT. 
Now, Harry, go if you like this information, you you think this demographics might have something to it in terms of rise and fall of economies. Are you going to hear in a minute how he talks about cycles? It's all in this book. It's a brilliant book, and anybody who is a uh, informed investor needs to be briefed on Harry Dent's own words and analysis. So, we're going to give that to you for no charge today. Triple eight 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 two five five seven eight. worth of goods when you call 888-882-5578. Let's talk a little further with Harry today about basic demographics and what these cycles are and how analysts use cycles. I have been following your major publications, and I know right now your major message is a very uh, analysis-based message. I think that you talk about two things. You talk about the underlying fundamentals, and regardless of when things are going to change course or whatever, you just have the underlying fundamentals of, of what markets and governments are doing and the consequences of what they're doing. And then you have the more finite sort of look at when things might happen by analysis points and charts and graphs. And since we're a radio show and we're going to have a little hard time getting into charts and graphs specifically, although I understand you might, part of the story is going to be where some of your charts are t- saying now's the time or real close. But let's go to the fundamentals for a minute. What are you worried about? Because, I mean, it looks like Janet Yellen says the economy is growing. Uh, it looks like things are, are looking up and you're still greatly concerned. So what fundamentals yeah, yeah. are you so concerned about? Yeah, first of all, Bruce, that means absolutely nothing. An economy always looks very, very good or improving at the top of a market. How, how did our economy, how did Japan look in 1989 before they fell off a cliff and never got up again? What, you know, what, what did we look like in, in 2007 before we had the Great Recession? in the crash. So uh, economists just look at trends and say things are getting better. Things get better until they don't. So you have to look around the corner. So first of all, we've got a geopolitical cycle that's been negative since 2001, 9-11. And it just continues to point down until 2019 or 20, right around there. Harry, let me stop you there. Political risks are going off the roof and the market's ignoring them. Let me stop you there for a minute, just for our listeners that might not understand how cycles work. So the concept is a lot of economists that do chart analysis or stat analysis have found that things grow and then contract, or they inflow and they outflow, or they inhale and they exhale, and that so many things that happen in our economy and our world do tend to move through cycles. So tell me a little bit what a geopolitical cycle is, and, and then help me understand what, you know, what a downturn means versus an upturn. Well, uh, we have four primary cycles that I've honed over three decades that's, that are important and, and help call major turning points that otherwise would not be obvious. The biggest one is, is our boom-bust cycle around demographics. A 46-year lag on the birth index will tell me when a new generation is going to be spending more and spending less because the, the peak in spending is 46. So that's the most important one. The geopolitical cycle, I found, is the next most important. About every We get, we get a good geopolitical environment for 18 years like 1983 to 2000 and 2001 to 2019 everything goes to crap hmm. and, and, and this has been I, I, I heard this many many years ago and discounted it because it overlapped about 80% with my demographic cycle but when those things did diverge I took it more seriously and I went back and found yeah this has been pretty much the case for the last 150-200 years 17 to 18 years good and then 17 to 18 years bad stocks are valued at half 
you know, roughly on average in those bad geopolitical environments. Because, you know, investors don't like to see risk. And when things, I mean, again, think about 1983 to 2000. What went wrong in the world? And the answer is nothing. Yeah. Inflation only fell and got more moderate. There were no major wars. All, all we had is a 100-hour war with Saddam Hussein and Kuwait, and it was over. Um, but after that, God, I mean, what hasn't gone wrong? 9-11, Af- Afghan war, you know, Iraq war, the Arab Spring, you know, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, uh, Syria civil war. And you're saying uh, that, you're saying the rhythm part. you're saying the rhythm of this good news bad news if you go back historically is is actual yeah, it has a, a rhythm to cycle. it. Yeah, clear cycle. Interesting. Generations peak in spending about every 39 to 40 years, 1929, 1968, 2007 and then these geopolitical cycles, you know, grow, you know, get good and then bad about every 34 to 36 years. And, and it's like a clock. A commodities peak every 30 years, like a clock. So from my view, anybody that's not looking at cycles like this, that, that, you know, especially when we can determine what causes them, like the demographic cycle and project them, is crazy. Because they will tell you times when things could turn that, that the current economic statistics like now would not tell you. I call the Japan crash in 1989 when they looked golden, invincible, because I saw they had had a huge demographic downturn from the early 90s going forward. Well, guess which country has the biggest downturn today? Germany. Mm-hmm. Germany's going to fall off a cliff, and nobody's going to see it coming. I'm telling you, in the next year or two, Germany's going to have and the a demographic, economy. The demographic cliff there is the fact that their biggest buyers are going to stop buying because they hit an age where they're no longer interested in being consumers. Am I defining that right? Yeah, Germany and Europe are hitting their peak of baby boom spending several years later than the U.S., and we hit our peak uh, over a decade later than Japan did. My latest book, The Demographic Cliff, that's the whole theme of it, that this demographic cliff is going to continue to hit more countries around the world, and it's going to be impossible for the Fed to keep the economy alive with just artificial stimulus. The demographics are only going to get worse, and they're having to print money at unprecedented rates just to grow at 2% instead of 3 to 4 which is more normal, you know, because of the bad demographics already, but the demographics are going to get worse. Our wealthy, that's the next surprise, as I said earlier, our wealthy is going to, are going to slow down. Uh, China has the biggest bubble in the world. That's going to burst. That's something I focus on in the book and study. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, so those are the type of things I see coming. Germany and Europe getting worse. China bubble bursting. The fluent slowing down in the U.S. after Homer Simpson did, uh, you know, in 2008. And this geopolitical, uh, that the geopolitical cycle just continues to get worse for the next five to six years. And then suddenly, and what, mark my words on this, nobody will, will remember, in the early 2020s, all of a sudden things will get better in the Middle East and stuff, and nobody will know why. Hey, that would be great, wouldn't it? Hey, you're listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I'm your host, Bruce Whitey. We're heard every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on 1590 News Talk KVTA. Today's show is called Are the Markets Topping? I'm hurrying because I've got a lot of stuff to get through. You're listening to Harry S. Dent. I will give you a bunch of Harry stuff for free here. I've got his book called The Demographic Cliff. It's $27.90 down at Barnes & Noble hardcover. I'm going to give them away for free, but you need to call 888-882-5578. The whole rest of the story you're hearing from Harry is contained in that book, The Demographic Cliff, How to Survive the Great Deflation from 2014 to 2019. Um, we're getting it for free. 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. That also spells 888 888- Eight talk straight. 
I'm also going to send you my report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis and how to plan for it. And if you, like I said before, if you finish everything on your plate and you eat that all up and you make all gone on your plate, then you'll have a coupon for a free book by Patrick Kelly that is really a problem solver in this environment called Stress free retirement. That's a $10 book. So if my report's 10 and his book is 10, that's 20. Harry's book's 2790, 4790 of free materials. And there's going to be 50 people calling, but we'll do it. Okay. But you better call now. Triple eight before supplies last, while supplies last. Triple eight, 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 two, five, five, seven, eight, triple eight, 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 two, five, five, seven, eight. I want to talk to you really quick about um, a recent publication that Harry put out where he alluded to the fact that the easy money that the Fed is making available to corporations is giving them really cheap money to go ahead and buy their stocks back. Now, this is a way that quantitative easing inflates the stock market because when corporations buy their stock back, there's less of it on the market. So that means there's more revenue, there's more earnings, more profit per share, which then raises the perception of value even more. More people go running out the stop stock, and that's what causes that upward mania. And buybacks are notorious for this. So I asked Harry a little bit about this. Hey, Harry, one of the big things that comes up a lot is when we talk about quantitative easing, uh, blowing out the markets and, and leaking into the stock market, inflating the stock market is is the money trail and where that comes in. And you've been writing quite a bit lately about the stock buybacks as a method of how this federal money printing uh, really finally is, is a trail to the stock market. Tell us a little bit about that connection and, and, and how significant are these stock buybacks? Stock buybacks are huge. So one study estimated that 40% of the earnings gains since 2009 have been from stock buybacks. In other words, they just shrink the number of shares by using very low-cost money, given that the Fed has pushed the interest rates in near zero short-term, to buy back their own stock. And, and companies aren't expanding because they already overexpanded in the, in, the, in the bubble boom. So the best thing for them to do is to buy their stock. So I call it, that's artificial. That's not a lasting gain. That's not a real gain. In addition to that, Bruce, I mean, companies have had their long-term and short-term borrowing costs reduced substantially by the Federal Reserve and central banks pushing interest rates down to below market levels and often to uh, a negative return adjusted for inflation. So, so I would say that of the earnings gains since 2009, at least 50% and maybe 60% have been artificial. So that leaves only 40%. And, and we know the GDP growth, instead of being 3 to 4%, as it was in the boom, has been 2% on average after unbelievable stimulus. So I keep saying this recovery is largely artificial, and we would have never even had a recovery, um, except after a multi-year downturn, if the Fed had not pumped so much money in the economy and had not saved the bank. So I, I see this whole recovery in the stock market from March of 2009 to August here, and maybe a little later at best, is, is an artificial bubble, the first truly artificial bubble we've had in history, and that means it's going to burst even worse. You know, just for our, our listeners that might not totally get this entire connection, explain for a minute how the the cheap money that is borrowed is bought into stocks and how those buybacks inflate stock prices. Because they don't write, you know, a, an exchange for an exchange is not an immediate inflation of the price. So help us understand how that becomes a false story 
Uh, yeah, I mean, simple. Companies have earnings, and if they can buy back shares and reduce the number of shares outstanding, then the earnings per share, that's what the stock market judges. What are the earnings per share, and what are those likely earnings to be in the future? So by, re- by buying back their own stock, they artificially inflate earnings per share. They're not having higher earnings. They're just having higher earnings per share. So it makes the company look like it's doing better than it is. And then that, and that just raises the price because more of the stock. More, yeah, of the it stock. looks more. It it's not better for the economy. It's not better yeah. for the company. Of course. It just raises the price of the stock. Hey, listen, you want to hear more of this? I am so sorry. We are just getting so short on time. A lot of other stuff I want to throw into this show. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If you call 888-882-5578, 888-882-5578, you're already going to get a free copy of Harry Dent's hardcover book, The Demographic Cliff, How to Survive the Great Deflation of 20. 20- 14 to 2019 worth 2790 at Barnes and Noble. You're going to get my report called Inflation or Deflation America's Monetary System in Crisis and how to plan for it and you'll get a coupon for Patrick Kelly's best-selling book called Stress-Free Retirement. I will also throw in a CD of this entire interview uncut. So we're not getting to it all. I had to, I, I got to leave portions out I wanted to cover on the show. We'll put it on a CD. It's about, uh, I think, 40 minutes total. And you can have the whole thing on CD. But you got to call by the end of the hour. 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. That's 888-8-TALK-STRAIGHT. Okay, we're going to talk to Harry about this second article in the Wall Street Journal, Anxiety in the Economy. We're going to talk a little bit about the banks and the problem with debt and we're going to talk a little bit about china and here we go you know i have to grant you something here which is that the day after this article came out in the wall street journal that big u.s companies get a lift as customers are coming back a very joyous article about the customers coming back the next day they run an article that says poll finds widespread economic anxiety and that 71 percent of the country feels we're on the wrong track so is that schizophrenic or what it is, and that's exactly what's happening. The, the rich are getting richer, and that was happening in the boom. That's another imbalance. Income inequality at extremes, like 1929 or 2007, have always been signs that a reset is needed, because you can't keep having the generals advance without the troops. So, so what's happening, that, that's why these polls show 72% of people are dissatisfied, feel like the economy's not really improving, because it's not improving for them. It hasn't really been improving for them since 2000, the tech wreck. Mm-hmm. It is improving for the upper classes. The, the biggest, you know, ridiculous mansions are selling for unprecedented prices, $120 million, 7,000 square foot condos in New York. The rich have gone nuts. That bubble needs to deflate. You can't have the rich keep getting all the gains. So this next crash is going to hit the rich hard. The last crash hit the everyday person. So last question here, Harry. Who's going to take the punch bowl away? What's going to trigger that? And how is Janet going to come back to the table and find out she's pouring punch and there's no bowl? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Since the economy has gotten better, and partly because of this affluence cycle, that spending peaks at 46, but it stays buoyant because of the more affluent end of 53. So it has gotten better now that we've gotten over the shock and with all this stimulus. But they are tapering in the late this year, just when the demographics are getting ready to turn down much stronger. So they're they're not aware of this. So they got bad timing, and it's going to take them a while to realize the economy's weaker than they thought or for this to set in. And then they got to change course, and they don't want to look too rash. So so I think they're, they're, they're basically 
setting the stage for tapering just at the wrong time. Now, I, I'm, I'm glad. I wish they'd never uh, stimulated so much in the first place. I wish, they, I wish they'd have just done three to six months of injections just to keep the whole system from melting down and then let the economy do its thing, and including having higher unemployment and, and some deflation and debt restructuring and some banks going under. That would have helped. Homer Simpson, if they'd gotten their mortgages written back down to earth, you know. But no, no, we can't let the banks fail. Well, so we've kept the banks going, and, and, and Homer Simpson is still doing poorly. So we need this reset. We reset in the 30s, and, and guess that's when the middle class first emerged. We've only had a middle class starting after the 30s. That reset helped the middle class and took the wind out of the bubble then that was so feeding the upper 1% to 10%. By the way, I think I should clarify, when you talk about let banks fail, I mean, we have a system that reimburses depositors. So let's clarify for a minute who you're saying should be left out in the cold when a bank fails. Banks and their investors. If banks make bad loans to people, which they did in spades between 2000 and 2008, private debt went from 20 to $42 trillion, and banks were lending money to people for homes at 10 times their income with no money down and no credit checks. You make loans like that, you should fail. Now, that doesn't mean the customer fails. If you write down their mortgage loan and write it down to market, then the customer, the, the, the person who has the mortgage, actually gets a benefit. It's the bank that takes losses, and it's their bondholders and shareholders. Those people should have taken the losses. And then when that happens, the strong banks acquire the assets and customers of the weak banks, and, and we go on much stronger. You flush out a lot of debt. You flush out a lot of weak banks. This, this didn't happen. So we still got zombie banks. We still have 40 of that $42 trillion in private debt. The government debt's gone from 10 to 17 and now uh, heading towards 18 to 20. All we have is more debt, you know, seven years after this debt crisis set in. A debt crisis is supposed to cut your debt in half. That's what we did in the Great Depression. So we haven't haven't gotten through this. We haven't wiped out uh, the bad debt of uh, the Yeah, we've only made it worse. We've only taken more drug, and now we're more out of balance. So when we hit bottom or, you know, or go into debt detox, it's going to be even worse. All they've done is make it worse. They have not resolved hardly any of the fundamental imbalances. Asset stocks are at new highs, way overvalued. And people say, oh, they're not overvalued, 17 times earnings. In this geopolitical risk uh, environment compared to the late 90s when everything was hunky-dory, they should be at half. So this is people are in a bubble. They're in denial. And, and, and uh, how, how is it going to end? Something's going to go wrong. That's what Go- government, governments will keep stimulating. And that's what they've done. So what, Something what, will go wrong, like the China bubble burst. If the China mm-hmm. bubble burst, believe me, the Federal Reserve stimulus can do almost nothing against that. Chinese are buying up New York and San Francisco and L.A. and Vancouver and Sydney and Singapore and London. And when those markets collapse, you, you just get a domino. We're going to hear that straight from the source when we hear Gordon Chang at your uh, Rational yeah. Economic Summit. Okay, well, listen, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Appreciate your time. Okay, thanks, Bruce, again. Okay, you're listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I only have a couple minutes left. Uh, I'm going to give you, here's the thing. Let, well, I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff. You can follow up on all of this. I'm going to give you Harry Dent's book, Hardcover, $27.90 at Barnes & Noble. We're doing it for free. It's called The Demographic Cliff, How to Survive the Great Deflation of 2014 to 2019. You get that for free when you call 888-882-5578. 888 882 888 882 
888-528-5578. You'll also get my report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis. You get a coupon for the $10 paperback by uh, Patrick Kelly called Stress-Free Retirement that gives the answer to all that. Now, I'm going to go in right now and play you something that we recorded after Harry thought the interview was over and I had to bleep him a little bit. I will try to come back at the end, but write the number down, 888-882-5578. If I can't get in on the end of this, I will see you next week. 888-882-5578. Get your goodies now. This clip opens up where we're talking about James Gorey and his book on China that we will be interviewing in the coming weeks. I'm going to interview him next month, but he told a really interesting aspect of the story I'd never heard before, which is that when companies uh, have, first of all, he says China is totally cannibalizing right now on even its own profit centers, and that the profitable businesses that have done well are all being confiscated by the communist government now and trying to be absorbed into communist, you know, the, the party-run businesses. And he's really on this story. I'm going to go, I've just ordered his book. So it's real recent. A guy who's apparently traveled there a lot and he has a, a extra part of the story, which is how now that the government has uh, already set this trap, they're trying to get out of it by cannibalizing the profit centers that they have created and stealing them from the private sector where they were created from. Yeah, China is doing nothing right. That's my view. They're, they're the biggest polluter in the world. They're the biggest cheaters and pirates. Uh, people are, are working so hard. They're dying of heart attacks at 30s and 40s. You know, they're choking on their own smog. They've got the greatest run-up in debt of any emerging country in history. They're urbanizing at a rate that is absolutely not sustainable in any culture. And they're building shit for nobody. You know, everything. Every level. They've, over, they've built their economy for 15 years from now. You can't overbuild that much and keep doing that without falling. They yeah. are going to collapse and when it does then not a damn thing the fed or ecb can do about it that's what's going to screw them yeah it's it's huge uh 60 minutes re-ran that story last weekend from a year ago because it still it still plays yeah and note in that story at the end the largest real estate developer in china hence the largest in the world said this is a bubble i've never heard anybody from inside the industry admit that that was i'm like okay if this doesn't convince somebody be like Donald Trump saying, real estate's getting ready to bust, run for the hills. Yeah, absolutely. Very dangerous, as the man yeah. said. All right, okay, Harry, I got to run. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we got to run, too, but call 888-882-5578. We're giving out $50 of educational materials on all of this. 888-882-5578. Content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational purposes only. Any discussion of financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax-free benefit specialists and insurance services. California license 0E48147.